Hello, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And ahoy, I'm the comic book hunter, but you can call me Hunter. And this is A Hero Story, episode 47. Welcome. A Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. That includes comic books themselves, comic book movies, comic book animation, comic book video games. You name it, we probably talk about it. Today is a special episode because we will be reviewing Avengers Endgame with full spoilers, which we've... I don't think we've ever done on this podcast. No. Usually we do our reviews with non-spoilers because we review it like the day it comes out. But uh, we decided to skip the episode last week, record it this week, so we could let everyone see the film and go over it with spoilers because, let's face it, there was no way to review this movie without giving spoilers. Yeah, they didn't show much in the trailer. And if you're afraid of spoilers, uh, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen the movie by now. The Russo Brothers even said starting Monday... uh, they are saying that spoilers should go all over the place by then. So if you really wanted to see Endgame, you should have seen it by now. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone on Instagram is already posting spoilers and uh, a lot of people even without spoiler slides. So, I mean, you know, it made a billion opening weekend, which is uh, first time ever in film, I believe. So yeah, I think pretty so. cool. So I'm pretty much everyone who wanted to see it has seen it by now and uh if you haven't well stop listening to the podcast right now because we're gonna spoilers very soon yeah as in uh, like and, right now <laughs> yeah well uh, just a quick um if we have time we're gonna jump in i mean hopefully we should have time after the review uh we're gonna go into our comics of the week uh which we'll jump into then i'll do the timestamp. so if you want to skip ahead you don't care about avengers endgame go to the end with comics but uh if you do care about avengers endgame let's get right to it so the way we do our movie reviews uh include what we thought was good what we thought was bad and what we thought was nerdy uh the nerdy includes any references that we saw whether it be comic book references or film references pop culture references you get the gist uh so but before we even jump into the good the bad and the nerdy we'll do a quick overview general of the film. thoughts uh, just, yeah Basically, yeah, what we thought. So, Hunter, you could start that. Okay, before we do that, I'll just quickly say for those going to the comic section, uh, we'll be reviewing the 25-cent uh, You're the Villain thing that DC put out. It's just kind of like a preview to what's coming up this year in DC. Uh, we'll look over gr- the Green Lines are number 7, Young Justice number 5, and if we have time, maybe Justice League number 23, Batman number 70. Yeah, that's about it. That'd be both right, I believe. But yeah, uh... Yep. I loved Avengers Endgame 3000. I thought it was really, really good. I thought this was like, not the perfect movie, but the perfect way to end the Infinity Saga, which is since 2008, you know, leading up to this moment. And it really did lead up to this moment. This was like a a perfect kind of love letter towards the MCU in general, even the bad movies. So... Yeah, I liked it a lot. What about you? I have no idea what you think of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't given any of my uh, reviews on Instagram, on Story, whatever. I haven't done anything. I haven't said one word about the film. I've been saving it for you guys, the podcast listeners. It's exclusive. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Uh, I feel like out of the... Uh out of the loop with everyone because everyone that I saw was like, best movie ever, best superhero movie ever, best MCU. And I was just like... Ah. I liked it. I, I didn't think it was the best. Uh, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I've always been an oddball when it comes to MCU movies in particular. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, li- I liked it. There's things I liked. There's things I didn't like. But, I mean, we'll jump into that very soon. Um, and, yeah. But I do think it is an amazing journey in film. Uh, superhero film and film in general. Just to build this kind of cinematic universe that has been able to last 22 movies. And we're recording on... Thursday, May third, uh, May second, rather. So eleven years ago today, Iron Man one came out. So That's true. Yes, an eleven year journey. 
Happy birthday, Iron Man. Uh, did you like this cool, movie cool better style. than Infinity War? Yeah, um, so I haven't watched Infinity War in a long time, uh, since I saw it in theaters, actually. Oh, what? <laughs> so it's, it, yeah, I, I, that's one that I've just never gotten around to rewatching, and I've had plenty of opportunities to, but I've never gotten around to rewatching. But uh, as of right now, yeah, I do like it better than Infinity War, but I'm also not the biggest on Infinity War. Like, over time, I've kind of thought about Infinity War more. Maybe it needs a rewatch, but I've liked it less and less. More, I like it more as an event than I do as an actual movie itself. Well, that's kind of what it's with stuff. treated <laughs> like like it's treated like an event. And it's treated yeah. setting up Endgame as well, in a way. Yeah, I feel like if Endgame yeah, didn't so exist, as of now, Endgame yeah. is a bit over Infinity War for me. Also, Endgame's more fresh in your mind since you haven't seen Infinity War in like a year. I've seen it very, like very twenty <laughs> times. I like Infinity War a lot, but I think I like Endgame a little better. Well, I think. Infinity War is more consistent, but Endgame has, like, Infinity War's best parts don't compare to Endgame's best parts. Endgame's best parts are just off the charts, but Infinity yeah. War is, isn't as slow, I would say. It's always, like, one after the other, something big is happening. I well, got you. Yeah, Endgame right, well, kind of slows down. Like, let's, let's jump right into the good, the bad, and the nerdy to go really deep into uh, what we think about the movie. So let's start with the good. Uh, there is a lot of good in this film. Uh, in particular, the entire third act, I think, could be thrown into that good category because it's probably the best third act in all of superhero movies ever. <laughs> yep. I would pay a mission again just for the last hour. I will pay a mission again to see the whole movie again, though. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, uh, as somebody who thought it started really slow, once it picks up, it really picks up and really gets you in there. And just I thought the act, uh, the third act was pretty perfect. I mean, not perfect, perfect, but it was pretty amazing. Yeah, the third act, you know, Hulk puts on the gauntlet, he snaps his fingers, brings everyone back. As soon as that happens, it's so good. <laughs> the movie gets really intense. In a good way. Yeah, and I, and I would say the third act is probably the most fan service slash love lettery to the MCU fans. Uh, if you're a fan of the MCU or superhero movies in general, I think the third act will really speak to you as, yep, this is what it's all been building to. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's it's mind-blowing. I, I think it's the greatest fight scene. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen in a movie theater, I would say. Like, I was smiling the entire time. I was amazed by it. Yeah, I... I, I don't know if it's the greatest thing I've seen in a movie theater. I've seen some pretty great things in my lifetime. But I did see Spider-Man 3. I did, I did see oh, Spider-Man yeah, 3. Oh, yeah, right, right. Gosh. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my mistake. But, uh, not, it, it was a great, like, cinematic event. And it just, like, it really just brought you in there. And um, I thought pacing-wise, Act 3, like, feels like it goes by the fastest just because of, like, how much is happening. And you're just trying to, like, absorb it all. But it's... It has you on the edge of your seat the whole time, and it has you with a whole range of emotions, as heard by the people in my theater. I mean, there's times where people were clapping, people were crying, people were, you know, just Same. pumped up. They were Same. screaming. Same. <laughs> I was part so. of those people, too. Not in your theater, but yeah. in my theater. I was, uh, I'll mention this more later on, but when Cap got me owner, I actually went like, oh, and I, and I started cheering. And my I saw an opening night in the entire theater was cheering and clapping like it was that exciting yeah. and even the part where like we get the deaths happening people were crying in the theater and even the ending people were crying and i know there's no end credit yeah. scenes but people stayed and 
This movie is huge. It's a big deal for everyone. Whether you're an MCU fan, a Marvel fan, a comic fan, or just a, a guy who wants to see a good movie. Or or girl. Yeah. You know, 2019. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think the three parts where my crowd was, the, like, my crowd of uh, people, which was packed from door to, for a seat to seat, rather. Uh, but I think the three loudest moments were Cap getting Majolner. Uh, Majolner. Cap saying Avengers Assemble. Jonathan, what, what do you want me to call it? Uh, <laughs> Cap saying Avengers yeah. Assemble, and then Iron Man saying I am Iron Man. I, I think those were the three loudest parts by far. I, and like, it, I, I felt like I was at like a sports game, how people were tra- uh, cheering so loud. I think I was the same. Yeah, that, that's about the same thing for me. Oh, also when Spider-Man first was on screen, people cheered. People love yeah, Spidey. When, when, uh, yeah, when Spider-Man was like hanging on to uh, Majolner, like when he like webbed up to it, and I'm not the greatest with the pronunciation. I will call it Jonathan from now on. I'm when pretty Spider-Man sure was able it's... to web onto Jonathan. Okay, uh, phrasing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Mjolner. Like that's what I've been okay. saying my whole life since I was. I've a always kid. referred to it as Majolner. Funny, <laughs> Mjolner. I'm pretty sure. Thor okay. even says it but... in the movie. I'm pretty sure, but oh. Well. Oh, does he? Well, interesting. But when when uh, when Spidey grabs onto it and just goes like flying with it, I think my crowd was pretty loud too. That yeah. would probably be the fourth biggest one. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of crowd moments that were just like everyone was clapping and cheering, and it was it was pretty awesome just to experience that as somebody in the crowd. Yeah, definitely. I was like, I was a part of that moment. I'm so glad I saw this day one, and I saw it again on Tuesday, and the same thing happened. People were cheering. On a Tuesday at like, I think I saw eight o'clock showing, but like people, mm-hmm. the entire theater was full still, and people were still cheering during those scenes. Like, granted, uh, it kind of hit me later on that like I'm not the only one in this theater that is experiencing it for the second time. I'm sure several people in the theater are just seeing it for the first time. But when Cap first got the hammer, people in the crowd went like, "Oh, like what?" And I saw it with my girlfriend yeah. this time, and she, like, freaked out. And she just looked at me and was like, what? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they've been building that since 2015, Age of Ultron. And yeah, so they... I was glad to see that finally happen. Oh, it's the best part. Best part I've ever seen in any movie ever. Uh, seeing wow. all the characters. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> seeing every character come together is just, it's so nice. Even, like, characters that were fairly new to us, like Valkyrie and the Wasp. It's so nice to see them all there with older characters. Like, I guess all the old characters were there. I'm trying to think of like a really old character that showed up. I guess just compared to like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Howard the Duck was also there. Fun fact: I didn't see him the first time. I was, I was gonna say saw I was him. gonna save that for the nerdy, but okay. <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll briefly mention that later. But uh, <laughs> it's just like a whole crowd. Like this, a lot of people were on Instagram. A lot of the actors, Chris Pratt did it. Uh, forget her name, person who plays Scarlet Witch. They are posting set photos and videos. Yeah, it was yeah, posting uh, set videos of like every single actor just kind of walking around set and how incredible it is. That this is this is it. This is the finale, kind of. Far from home, coming July fourth or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um the, the final battle kind of reminded me of Justice League Unlimited in a way, like the last battle in the animated show when like oh, everyone's yeah. together and you see like every hero running at once, like. It's very it's blowing much like your mind that. of how many heroes can be in one place. So that's what I got kind of vibes of, which was cool. Yeah, but it's live action. I do wish Nick Fury was in that crowd. I mean, he showed up at the end of the movie, but I kind of kind of be cool if he was running with a gun or something. I know I can't do much, but 
she's involved <laughs> with the Avengers. Like, yeah, be cool. Besides that, yeah, anything you want to add for the last act? That was amazing. Um, I, I'm like trying to think of like things that I like uh, was thinking to put in my good category. Um, I thought Iron Man's whole arc was really good. Him having a family was really nice because, um, I mean, it's almost something that's been building since him and Pepper first got together, and it was nice to finally see that. I knew um, it was going to happen. <laughs> Check out our last episode with our predictions. I knew that he was going to get married, at least. I didn't yeah. expect it. I thought well, it would be Well, you thought it was going to happen at the end. But. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> expect that five-year five time jump. Our predictions were mostly dead wrong. After watching the movie, I listened to the episode again, and we were wrong on a lot of things. Oh, you were? <laughs> Which is good. I, was, I wanted to be wrong on a lot of things. Yeah, that is a good thing, I guess. But I knew that you would marry Pepper, so I got that right. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, a, another good I would add is Iron Man's death. It's probably the greatest comic book death of all time, uh, like movie death. Uh, the only one that I think rivals it is Logan. And oh yeah, I might get hate for this one. I'd put Superman's death up there just because I know it wasn't built up, but I just like between the soundtrack and the unexpectedness, I was just like heartbroken in the theater, and like I was like, holy crap, that just happened. So th- those are like my top three comic book deaths of all time and uh, comic book movie deaths of all time, and I think Iron Man takes number one there. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I'd say Iron Man takes number one. Logan is a very close second though, like very. Close. Yeah, they're they're both iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just his last words, I am Iron Man, and then kind of, hey, Pepper. Like, he kind of breathes it. Yeah. In way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I love the callback to um, Pepper saying, like, now you can rest, because um, in one of the earlier ones, she says, like, oh, you can't rest until, you know, everything's saved, the, the day is saved. And then in Infinity War, she mentions it again, like, you won't be able to rest. And then when he finally dies and he snaps, you can finally rest. Like, I was like, damn that connected <laughs> yeah no kidding it's just it's such a good callback and there's a lot of callbacks in this movie that we'll probably mention more in the uh nerdy section what did you think uh or i guess what is the good parts that you think of the second act the whole time travel act so the time travel really didn't work for me um i thought the rules of time travel were really stupid but i'll say that for the bad category but the time travel that i did like was tony with his father i thought was absolutely brilliant and yeah. i even thought uh cap's moments there so cap and tony was my favorite time travel scene and even when they go back to avengers one i thought that was pretty brilliant uh, that was awesome was, you know I- I- iron man getting hit by hulk going down the stairs or loki yeah. escape there were like a lot of uh, iconic scenes and avengers one is still one of my personal favorite mcu movies so same just like little callbacks there were amazing uh and even cap versus cap was interesting cap versus cap was awesome it was a short fight but it was really cool it was very hand-hand and uh yeah it, it was made sense where they were fighting too it wasn't just like huh it's me from the future. I'm going to fight you. No, he thought it was Loki. So it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I liked it a lot. But yeah, ha- Howard and Howard was pretty great. That was one of my favorite Howard scenes. Howard Potts of the and movie. Howard Stark. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just to see them kind of talk to each other. I thought was really like, I, like iconic. I, I thought it was awesome. I even cap seeing Peggy is like heartbreaking. <laughs> like he looks at her for a long time. Kind of creepily. But yeah. you feel for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't seen this woman in a while and hasn't seen her looking like that in a while. So Yeah, true. I mean, last time he saw expect. her, she died So in Civil War. And, and, and last time he saw her that young was 1945. Mm-hmm. He was... Whatever year he was. Yeah, well, this is like... It was a five-year time jump, so I guess it's 2024. And Cap woke up from the ice in 2011. 
So yeah, it's been a long time, <laughs> and he still loved yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, that that was great yeah, too. Was really nice. I liked all the time travel. I like seeing um the ancient one again, talking to Bruce. I, I didn't expect yeah, that. Yeah, that at was all. interesting. I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, oh hey. <laughs> Uh, even Natalie yeah, Portman. I, I, know, I know you're a big fan of Doctor Strange, so I figured yeah. you'd like that scene. One of the best MCU movies. Yeah, <laughs> but even like we get Thor Dark World time travel, which I forget that movie completely, basically. But I know Natalie Portman didn't want to be in a Marvel movie ever again. And maybe those are just deleted scenes from maybe Dark World, but she was at the Endgame premiere. So maybe when, when I saw her again. at the premiere, I was like, oh, crap, is she in this movie? I thought for a second I was like, oh, no, don't tell me they're doing Jane Thor. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, they, they're not. Not yet, at least. Maybe they will one day. But uh, yeah. yeah, she was in a scene or two. She was. Yeah, she, I don't think she had any lines, but she got chased down by Rocket. So that was that was nice. Yeah. Where else did they go for time travel? Oh, yeah. Guardians one. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was the best time travel thing with Nebula and War Machine. That was my favorite time travel really? moment. Or either that or 2012. Huh. I, I liked it better than the Cap and Tony one, though. I just seen Star Lord, seen the wow. opening to Guardians of the Galaxy 1, but from a different angle. I thought it was really cool and funny, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, for me, the ha- the Tony and Cap, uh, either them going back to Avengers 1 or them going back to the 70s, I thought those two were the best. Uh, then I'd put the Guardians one. Uh, and then I'd put the Thor one because I didn't really care about the Thor one at all. Yeah, <laughs> Thor Two: The either. Dark World is like probably yeah, it is the worst. It MCU is the movie. not probably it is. It's the uh, most forgettable. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it is. Besides that, uh, anything good for the first act? Um, no, the first act is mostly gone into my bad category. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess we'll go to bad then. Yeah, I mean. I feel like we're not even expressing like how good that third act is. Like it is amazing. Like there's so many good scenes that I'm probably not even thinking on like right hand right now. But I mean, there are so many great scenes and just like so much iconic like scenes that will go down as the greatest comic book movie scenes of all time. I think if you rank a top ten, some of them are going to show up from this movie or the third act. Yeah, exactly. It was like, so. yeah. <laughs> All right. So the <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the bad. bad. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so I thought the first act was anywhere between bad and mediocre. I I found it incredibly slow. Uh, I just I don't know. I I didn't care for it at all. I I thought there was like no I, like something I was really hoping was some building of the post snap world, and you get like little glimpses of it, but you really don't get much. And I get you know you only have so many hours to make a movie, but I was hoping for just a little bit more. I mean. I understand why they did it. I mean, there is a lot to set up here, especially with the five-year time gap. But yeah, it was painfully slow at times. Like something I think of is like um, Carol was like, "What's happening on Earth is happening everywhere," but we don't really get to see what's happening on Earth. So, I don't oh, that's know. a good point. Yeah, I mean, Okoyo, that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Jonathan says that. Y- there's an earthquake <laughs> happening in the water. And, uh, Again, I was going to say that for the nerdy side. <laughs> there's an earthquake happening in the water and stuff, and it's like we, there's something we do. So I guess the planet's kind of like breaking apart in a way, but we never see it happen, and it doesn't seem to be have much of an effect. So I understand what you're going for here. I think it's necessary to go over these stuff, but yeah, 
it was pretty slow. When Ant-Man showed up, I thought it picked up a bit more. And we started to get, like, okay, planning for the time travel scene to picked up. But before that, jeez, it was just like, here's your favorite superheroes, but depressed. And so. Yeah. Yeah, I understand uh, that. Also, also my bad category is the rules of time travel. Um, they are incredibly stupid. So yeah, I don't uh, get it. Like with, in, in the scene with Hulk and um, what's the one from Doctor Strange? What? Uh, why is the name escaping me? Oh, Wong. No, 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 no. no. The <laughs> one, kidding. the one that like <laughs> ancient. One. I know who Wong is. <laughs> ancient one the ancient one so the the ancient one and hulk uh like ancient one explains the rules of time travel that like whatever you do when you travel back it creates like an alternate alternative reality but as long as you reset like you go back and you reset things you're good which is already a little bit of a flawed theory but whatever that was the the rule set how are they gonna reset these things like the one that comes to mind is right so cap at the end goes back to go uh return the infinity stones but he's yeah. got to return them the way they were found. So is he going to inject Natalie Portman, Jane Foster, with I think, you know the stuff? Yeah, I think he he's has to turn to. it back into liquid and inject her, or like, how's he going to make it back into uh back into a cube? The other one, like, oh yeah, that, or put in in a put in the scepter. Like, it's very flawed. That's a good point. <laughs> I guess I didn't think of that. And then when Cap gets to his time, it's like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, another thing with uh the captain america time travel is i i love captain america's ending i think it's great that he finally gets his dance with peggy but at the same time what the hell he travels back right it, him traveling back is supposed to create an alternative reality but he ages up to an old man in the future so he stays in our reality that that makes zero sense and if he stays with peggy does that not erase her husband and kid that was mentioned in the winter soldier uh and i think he is still in our reality, but yeah, it does erase the husband, kid, and her niece, and all that. With the niece that he made out with, which is one of the worst things to ever happen in the MCU. I, I hate that scene so much from Civil War. That is terrible. <laughs> yeah, the, I think she's gone. <laughs> erased. Ugh. But but I just I don't even get how like if he's going back and it's like not our reality, it's like an alter alternative reality according to their rules, right? How is he back in our time? Like, they don't Maybe. follow the rules; their own rules. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. So, like, know, as I much just... as I love the dance, and I think it's it's one of the best scenes in the movie, I put it in my good category, and I love that he finally gets to be with Peggy. It really doesn't make sense. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, some of these don't make <laughs> sense. Even like Nebula shot her past self. What does I mean? She's dead. Yeah, or like <laughs> Thanos. Uh, 2014 Thanos being turned into dust. Does he never show up in Infinity War now? Like, oh yeah, the, the rules of time travel are really confusing. And I've seen the screenwriters of this movie trying to explain it, and they're not really doing a great job because I'm still really confused. But uh, there's just like a lot of plot holes that come with time travel, and this movie ends up falling into a lot of them. I think it would have been interesting if when they get back after time travel, if even there's some things changed. Not everything. Like a flashpoint, no way. But not like a huge flashpoint. Like a not small a big flashpoint. Flash like a Back to the Future kind of thing. Yeah. Where you come back and there's just like a few differences here and there. Like Biff is a good guy instead of a bad guy, for example. <laughs> like, yeah. Just a few subtle differences. But when they come back and it's like nothing happened. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's really flawed their whole time travel. That's why 
as much as I think time travel is a cool concept, it ends up lame because they don't really follow the rules. And as much as I love Cap's ending, I can't truly love it because it makes no sense. Yeah, it really doesn't make sense. <laughs> like the I more do you love think it. about it, and like I've been processing this movie for well over a week now, and I'm just like, hmm, not not adding up here. This is the thing is pretty good. You know, well over a week. You saw it like six days ago. You're right. I've been processing it for six days, but it feels like a long time. School's busy, man. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah, no. Okay, yeah. My bad category will throw time travel mechanics in there, too. They could have made it simple. They try to do their own thing. That just doesn't work. Uh, I'll say uh, one. Mm. This is more like a nitpick, if anything. Uh, Peter mm-hmm. Parker, Spider-Man. He's, why is he giving his identity away to everyone? I mean, you're the one <laughs> was, MCU hero who actually has a secret identity. And every single person you meet, you go, hi, I'm Peter Parker, and you take off your mask. Stop. Stop. I don't, I don't think you're going to like the release pictures from Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. Where, like, in the airport. Hey, hey Mysterio. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm Peter Parker. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about the one where they find his suit in the airport. But that one, too. The Mysterio one, too. But I'm sure he's not going to be like, I'm Spider-Man for that. He's probably going to be like, oh, hey, those are my pajamas. Yeah, pajamas. Yeah. yeah. But... Oh God! I sorry. Secret identity. <laughs> I like secret identities, and that's the one thing in the MCU that bothers me. Is nobody has a secret identity, except yeah. for Spider-Man, and he's just kind of ruining it here. But besides that, no, he was great in this movie. I thought Peter was awesome for the like twenty minutes he had. Uh, something anything? something that kind of bothers me about um, the five-year time jump. I'm fine with the five-year time jump, but now and the, I've heard the writers talk about this. Now, like Peter's classmates, they all got dusted. Like, isn't it if half if half the population got dusted, isn't it very likely that not all of them like would have been? Well, not the same all of them, right? Yeah, probably a lot of them aren't. But people like, like I know they showed him and Ned, right? And obviously MJ and Flash, uh, Flash uh, died in the snap. So I don't know. I just feel like the whole five year, like some people are five years older, some people are not. It's gonna end up clunky in the future. Just because it's like who did and who didn't, bit, but yeah. that's kind of like minor. But it's just kind of annoying. But anyway, um, I would uh, for characters that I'm throwing in the bad category. Here it comes. Um, I know. Thor. Yeah, oh I was God. gonna say Thor. What did they definitely did they, Thor. they massacred my boy. <laughs> <laughs> what did oh. you do? I mean, he was so awesome in Endgame. He was perfect, and then they made him into a joke. It's like, ah, that's funny at first, but for the entire movie, what? <laughs> He was, he he was, yeah. He was his only good scene to me is him chopping off Thanos' head. Other than that, he's uh, garbage. <laughs> I liked his reaction to Cap getting me older. Yeah, no, that was cool. But uh, but like him being, I don't know, just fat, drinking beer, playing Fortnite, which is cringy in tone. But playing Fortnite, yelling at new Master Sixty Nine, who's probably Loki. Uh, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's kind of weird to me that. Um, that Thor really sunk this low. I, like I was expecting, like for pretty much the entire third act, at some point lightning's gonna hit him, and all of a sudden he's gonna have abs. Lightning gave you abs, but like I was really expecting him to be back to Thor, and that never happened. And I was well, like, lightning hit wow. him, but but like I was expecting him to be back to like our Thor, not like you know uh, what's the movie character that everybody kept comparing him to. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a so, good point. I was, expected that too. As soon as lightning started going around, I'm like, here we go. And he gets a new suit. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. 
I mean, just found Thor's entire arc so disappointing, and I don't know. I, I felt like maybe after the talk with his mother, he's gonna get things back on track. But and and even the talk with his mother, I feel like is undermined by like a go eat a salad joke. Like I felt like there was a really emotional talk, and this is something that I have a problem with, not just in this movie, and pretty much the time. An emotional moment. It's undermined by a joke. Ugh. Yeah, not all of them. I mean, not to- not Tony's death, but or Cap's stance. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. Yeah, but yeah, some of them I agree. But geez, come on, Thor, you're so cool, and then this happens. Uh, I would say Professor Hulk. I mean, I understand why garbage. they did, but I garbage. I wish uh, we got regular Hulk when Ancient One. Uh, when she hit Bruce and like Bruce Banner came out of Hulk's body, I expected Hulk to be like Hulk and just run and start destroying stuff. And then Bruce would be like, uh oh. That would be interesting. But no, Hulk just got <laughs> knocked out. So, dang. Uh, I just. <sighs> Professor Hulk was so disappointing to me. First of all, the dab is the cringiest thing I've ever seen in any superhero movie. And I'll even put that on top of Peter Parker dancing in Spider Man 3. The dab was terrible. But just the fact that they made Hulk such a weenie. I mean, ugh, Professor Hulk in the comics is pretty badass. Professor Hulk in the MCU was such a weenie. And like since 2015, I've been told by MCU fans, like, oh, wait for the next one. Like, he's going to be great again. And Hulk hasn't been great in the MCU since 2012, since the I'm always angry scene. Like, 2015, he was ruined by, like, the sun's getting real low, big guy. Ragnarok, his bare CGI ass still scars me. <laughs> Infinity War, failure to launch is just terrible to watch. And in this one, there's just so much cringe. And, like, I don't know, like, even when they go back to the Battle of New York, like, not being able to smash anything, like, ugh. Oh, Hulk. yeah, that, that was like disappointing. It. How he found, he was, like, embarrassed taps, of Hulk. Taps the car. It's like, um, yeah, come on, man. I want like they had Russo's had a choice. They could either go Professor Hulk embracing Bruce Banner or they can embrace Hulk and go World Breaker Hulk. And then do World yeah. Breaker Hulk. I feel like the entire world would rather World Breaker Hulk. I think Professor Hulk had a really good moment with the uh, gauntlet. I thought that was a fantastic moment. But besides that, no, not really. I, I don't know. I just felt like every scene that Professor Hulk was in, and I didn't think the CGI was that great. I get that they were trying to make him look like Mark Ruffalo, but it just ended up being like a hipster Shrek and not the way I wanted Hulk to go. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, besides that, that's about all the bad I have, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm just getting started. Um, oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I thought Captain Marvel was kind of disappointing. I mean, I get that she only has like 15 minutes of screen time, but like the whole time she's there is kind of just like smash, smash, no characterization. Like, and, and I know people are going to be like, oh, well, it was only 15 minutes. How much can you do in 15 minutes? Look at Spider-Man in Civil War. He only had like 15 minutes of screen time and you feel so much. And I like I feel like Spider-Man in Civil War is better than in Homecoming. But like you feel so much for his character and you can get characterization just in that short time. So I was hoping we were going to get that with Captain Marvel, but I just I really don't feel it with her. Yeah, that's fair. I, I thought she looked good in this movie, and I understand why they didn't use her, but I felt the scenes that she was in, she kind of was good. She was interesting. I liked her. I don't, I don't know. I just, I just felt like she didn't really bring anything to the table. Like It was kind of just like, I'm going to go smash this, I'm going to go hit that, but I'm like, can we get some characterization? No? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Captain Marvel sequel has its work cut out for it to really build her as a character that I'm going to like. Yeah, I mean, she's got, like, what, a seven-movie contract? We, we'll get more Captain like Marvel that. in the future, yeah. Anything yeah. else for your bad? Um, I think that's it 
for now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, think I don't want to be. I don't want to be too negative. I like this film overall, but I I got to get my complaints out there because people are calling it like uh, the perfect movie, the flawless. It's not a flawless movie. I don't think any movie is flawless, to be honest. But I just I need to get it out there. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, and the nerdy uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, Howard Howard the Duck, uh, which is in a scene which you said you didn't notice, or you did notice. I I heard I didn't see him though. Yeah, I didn't see him either, but I saw it on Instagram, like in a picture, like when they circled him in a red circle, because I need I could not see him for shit on when I saw it. But yeah, I, I was able to see him on Instagram. So Howard the Duck is there, which he was in. Guardians 2 after credit scene or Guardians 1? Guardians oh, 2 after credit scene. Two. Guardians 1, he is in it, though. He's in one of the cages in the collector's place. Yeah. And he has, like, one of the worst movies of all time. The 1983 Howard the Duck, uh, I think directed by George Lucas, is awful. If you ever watch it, it's, like, funny to watch, but it's like, oh, my God, this got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say... Um, the whole like going through the MCU movies like for time travel, I think that's a nerdy category itself. It's all, you know, oh, yeah. there's a million yeah. MCU references. Yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a huge amount. Even like uh, Captain Mjolnir that happened in the comics, uh, activating some kill mode. That's a reference to Homecoming. There, uh, there's a lot of references to all the movies during the final fa- final fight itself. Even uh, Wasp says, "We got a cap," and then. Uh, Scott looks at her and smiles because in Ant-Man the Wasp she was just like why do you call him Cap so it's kind of just subtle hints oh also Black Panther uh, when Hawkeye's running with the gauntlet he says pass it here Clint Same, meaning he remembers his name's Clint when they first Civil met in Civil War. War yeah hi we haven't met yet I'm Clint so Black Panther I don't remembered care. yeah <laughs> that was good <laughs> Uh, maybe, I, maybe maybe I'll have to voice Black Panther in Project Doomsday. Hey, wait ooh, minute, yeah, numbers. he does appear several <laughs> times. I'm pretty sure it's been a while since it gets delayed a lot, but I'll have um, to reread. <laughs> when uh, when Scott is in the storage unit, uh, like the one that he's in for five years, uh, there's it's labeled six one six, which is a reference to Earth six one six, which is like the primary universe for Marvel and the comics. Yeah. Uh, Jim Starlin, creator of Thanos, and uh, Joe oh, yeah, Russo yeah. both have a cameo in the same scene, actually, where Cap is like in an almost like an AA meeting, but with like people that are survivors. And uh, I think Joe Russo is the first openly gay character in the MCU because he talks about like how he wanted to date with a man. So, and the I think I can't think of another that. one. Of course. Wait, what happened? The internet's really mad about that. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like that's... really mad. That's that's something. Thanks, Internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, War Machine, when the Avengers HQ gets blown up, uh, he gets a new suit that's kind of like a mix of the Patriot suit and the Hulkbuster suit. It's basically like a bulky uh, Patriot suit. It's a very suit, but, bulky suit. But it's pretty dope. It, it looks cool, yeah. It definitely looks cool. If it's War Machine, who is obsessed with very clunky Iron Man suits. So, <laughs> it works. Um, uh, when, when they go back to the 70s in Hank Pym's office, you see the original Ant-Man helmet, helmet from yeah. like, the comics, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you see Jarvis in real life, which is the first time that a TV show has connected to a film. Yeah, Jarvis About from Agents time. of Should've S.H.I.E.L.D. Da- Should have been Daredevil. <laughs> or no, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Agent Carter. Yeah. So, yeah, no, still no Defenders. I was hoping they would show up. <laughs> Um, uh, the char- the character Harley from 
Iron Man three, which is like the kid from Iron Man three. Uh, he, was yeah, he was at, at Tony's funeral. funeral, and there's a lot of rumors that he's going to be in the Young Avengers film as Iron Lad. Who knows if that'll actually happen? Uh, um, it's possible. Jeez, and then the last one I have, which oh sorry, what? No, go on. I'm saying you got a lot of these. <laughs> Yeah, I, I noticed a lot, so I wrote them all down. <laughs> That's why it sounds like I'm reading off something. Um, the last one I noticed, which Hunter kind of mentioned before, uh, they talk about explosions on the ocean floor, and uh, a lot of people, like earthquakes at the bottom of the ocean, a lot of people are saying this could be Namor, the submariner, which is a lot of people call him Marvel's Aquaman, even though he came out first in the comics. But uh, yeah, a lot of people are thinking this could be him. He has never appeared in the MCU. His rights are kind of tricky because I think Universal owns him. But I think Universal's open to making a movie with him, like with the MCU. So maybe that was a Namor reference. Maybe it wasn't. I think it was. It's possible, I guess. It'd be cool. I mean, the only Namor thing I've ever read besides Marvel's Illuminati would be the most recent run in Avengers that we covered on the podcast here, where Namor kind of just fought the Avengers. I, I've read stories here and there with him. He's like rivals with every hero. <laughs> he's like an anti-hero in a way, but uh, he's rivaled with Black Panther before, and there's a lot of talks that he's going to show up in a Black Panther sequel, which I would not mind. Uh, and then he rivals with uh, Mr. Fantastic because he kind of has a thing with uh, the Invisible Woman. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Captain Marvel got her comic-accurate hair, the shorter hair. Uh, yep. Rocket Raccoon got his comic-accurate suit. He wore during this movie after the five five year time jump. Uh, when Thor at the end joins the Guardians of the Galaxy, he says the As Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a comic series that is currently going on. Uh, so maybe that'll be the title for Guardians Volume Three, As Guardians of the Galaxy, because I'm sure Thor will be a big part of that. Um, anything else? <laughs> That's all I had on my list. Uh, we referenced a lot. There were a lot of references in this movie. Uh, but like Hunter said, there's a million MCU references. So if like if you haven't rewatched the MCU in a while, I feel like you should rewatch it and then go see Endgame because I feel like you'll understand a lot more and you'll get a lot more out of it. Probably. I watched a few movies before the like the day of Endgame because I was seeing it at 1030 and I got off school ah. at I think 1. So I watched The Avengers, the first one. Iron Man 3 and the first Thor. So. Oh, you put yourself through watching Iron Man 3? Heck yeah, yes. I did. And Thor, which is kind terrible. of a boring movie. <laughs> but I watched him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, okay, final score for Endgame. Oh, boy, you're going to make me rate it first. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. I really like this movie. <laughs> I know it has a lot of problems, but those. The things that are problems, like at William Mignoner, the final fight. Uh, just all the references and the going through the movies kind of overtake the bad things I have with this movie. I give it a 9 out of 10 because just there are okay. problems. I didn't like Thor. I didn't like how the time travel made sense. But when Cap got that hammer, it's just like, screw all those problems. <laughs> Captain America's wielding Jonathan. So... Jonathan, I like it. Uh, all right. Um, so originally right out of the theater, because I saw it with uh, two of my buddies from back home, uh, we, they both gave it 10 out of 10. I gave it 8.5 out of 10. Uh, upon six days of kind of thinking about it, I think I'm at an 8 out of 10, which is still solid. Uh, I really liked this movie. It's a great cinematic event, and I don't think there will ever be anything like this again. And hot take, 
in a way, I wish this was the last MCU movie. I feel like this would be the perfect end. I, I get that there's no money in that. Like, you know, a, uh, a Captain Marvel and a Black Panther sequel will make a billion each. Spider-Man will make, you know, 900 million. But I, I just, in a way, I wish this could be the, like the one to end it. I wish they would have taken overkill. a break. Like a year or two year break. And then got back. Yeah. I mean, there is kind of a break. Like after uh, Far From Home, then you have like pretty much a one year break. But yeah. Yeah, but that's after Far From Home, so... Which I guess will be yeah. the endgame epilogue, since it's taking place apparently right after the funeral. From uh, Yeah, I, I guess I guess Dead Tony's gonna be mentioned in this, because I remember oh, they absolutely. said that uh, Sony, Sony wasn't gonna... Sony wasn't gonna release the second trailer until Endgame came out, so... Yep. It's gotta... It probably mentions Tony, if I had to guess. Guarantee. Okay, cool. That's uh, Avengers Endgame. ba da ba ba da ba <laughs> all right the, uh i am iron man yeah, so, so we, comics uh we didn't DC. have any news this week or any news of relevance this week so we're gonna jump straight to the comics uh we'll start with dc year the villain number one 25 cent issue which is 25 pages always cool they did something similar last year when uh dc nation number zero came out which teased the big events such as the batman wedding which ended up not working out uh, and a few <laughs> other events uh but anyway they did uh, this, this one uh, for rebirth too something similar like this for rebirth. yeah well that started but, uh, two years the, ago this, this one is broken into three stories uh doom leviathan leviathan and justice doom is written by scott snyder and it has to do with his uh, justice, league. justice league run which hunter and i have been liking a lot it's good. I know it's, <laughs> it's kind of unpopular in a way because I, I've seen a lot of people that I follow on Instagram not like this run, which I found kind of surprising. But at the same time, I do understand their complaints with it. But I wouldn't I don't say know. it's I'm unpopular. A fan of Scott writing. Like it, it is popular. Like it's really successful right now. It sells a lot. But some people have problems with it. I understand why. But I don't know. I really like it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it works. I, I have minor complaints with it from time to time. But. Overall, I like it as a Justice League run. Uh, but anyway, the Legion of Doom uh, takes over the White House, and uh, Amanda Waller wants to uh, talk to the president, but is interrupted by the Legion of Doom. Lex Luthor has some badass moments in this entire like story, uh, talking to Amanda Waller and making her feel like small, because Amanda Waller makes everyone feel small, but Lex is the king of you know talking people down. Uh, Lex goes back to LexCorp and Well before and, that, uh, hold on. He he tells Brainiac to like take out Waller and he puts like one of his tentacle things in her head. Oh, was that the killer? I thought it was just to take uh some of her knowledge. I'm pretty sure it's to take her knowledge, but probably knock her out too. I don't think she uh, died though. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go on. <laughs> uh so they're they're in Metropolis at LexCorp and Lex is walking through and we see uh Lex's assistant, Mercy, Mercy Graves, Mercy, I forget what her last name is, but Mercy, uh, and she is like, Lex, you're on the news, uh, you attacked the White House, and he has like a really funny, like, yeah, cancel the rest of my meetings for the week, <laughs> and uh, let everyone know they're fired, and if they don't leave the building, I will be killing them personally, so I was like, oh, crap, he's not messing around, and Mercy's like, you're, you're finally going to do it, you're going to kill Superman, she's like, oh, no. They're much bigger things than Superman. I, I read this in like the Clancy Brown Lex Luthor voice, who did the voice for like the whole DCAU. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Superman the animated series, just just the like animated series. So it really fit in with like that kind of dialogue. Uh, but basically, Lex reveals that he's gonna be 
helping every villain in the DC universe take out their hero. So we get a nice page of Bane and his gang of uh, people, including Flashpoint Batman and uh, Psycho Pirate, Pirate, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. And then uh, a beautiful splash page of Lex and Brainiac looking at a screen of like a bunch of different villains uh, facing off against heroes. So you see Captain Cold, uh, Bizarro, Sinestro, Ra's al Ghul, Bane, Two-Face, uh, Scarecrow. Star Sapphire, Man, uh, Black Lightning. Right now. <laughs> uh, Black Adam, Mr. Freeze, the Batman Who Laughs. Some of them um, are like, everyone's uh, there. I wouldn't be like, okay, oh, we're going to see these characters soon. Because, like, Black Adam's on there. I know. Oh, wait, he's interested in him. Never mind. But we see, like, Bizarro. Yeah. He's trapped in another dimension right now. We see Star Sapphire. Yeah. I don't think Grant Morrison's going to use Star Sapphire. Oh, we see Red Hood, too. I didn't even notice that. Why is Red Hood on here? Damn. Okay. Sorry, go on. Well, that kind of gets explored later <laughs> yeah. in Leviathan. But, uh, but, yeah, and then uh, the story ends when uh, Lex is being confronted by... Uh, why do I never remember this guy's name? It's the silver guy with the red logo in the center. Uh, uh, it's Captain, Captain Adam. Adam. Yeah. Uh, so Captain Adam is about to take Lex down, and then Lex blows himself. Uh, that was pretty good story. Pretty good setup. It was a good setup. Uh, yeah, I liked it. All it was was a setup, but it was a good setup. Yeah. Uh, for the next story, it's about Green Arrow teaming up and they were taking down merlin Uh, yeah batgirl which is an interesting choice to team up with green arrow but uh merlin is really scared and he wants them to leave immediately he wants to put their differences aside and please get out of there because something worse is coming uh there's like a big white kind of explosion and barbara wakes up next to a masked man and uh this masked man is offering Barbara something that he's not offering Batman or Green Arrow or anyone else. Uh, it's kind of finding out what her place in the world is and um, just that she's like the most qualified between being Oracle and being Batgirl between being on the Suicide Squad, the Justice League Batman Incorporated, GCPD, Birds of Prey everything uh, because she wants to help the world and yeah he's going to help her and Babs is obviously skeptical but kind of an interesting back and forth there uh, then we see Bruce and Damien in the Batcave, and Damien wants to prove that Jason Todd is not Leviathan. So that was... Which is like, huh? <laughs> kind of out of left field, because I was like, what? That came out of nowhere. Yeah, Reddit, Reddit hasn't been in an event ever, <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. It's interesting, though. I'm but, curious. I'm glad they're going to use them more. Yeah, th- I mean, this is the big Bendis story, the whole Levathon thing. I'm interested in it, but at the same time, I'm kind of skeptical. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous with a Bendis event, but I hope it's great. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, uh, the third story is about the Justice League, and uh, this one is drawn very beautifully. Uh, the, the Justice League does something Princess that I'm sure Hunter pulled. smiled at when they when they do their psychic uh, boardroom yeah. meeting. I know Hunter <laughs> likes that. I like it. It's cool. It's, <laughs> um, like, a, it's like a round table, but it kind of like... It's in their minds because Martian Manhunter makes it. So no matter where they are and in the world, so- they could have a meeting. And, cool. and actually something else that I think that, at least from knowing you, that I think you loved, is the big splash page of every hero. Because you were talking about how oh. you wish the Justice League had so many more heroes. So It's about to happen, it seems like. Which yeah, is funny because so I was thinking when I first saw the boardroom meeting, you see Martian Manhunter, Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Green Lantern, Hawkgirl. That's it. 
It's like, why is Flash not here? And I just noticed that Cyborg hasn't been on this league in, like, months. And Flash Flash isn't here either, too. So it's like, huh. Interesting. Well, even when Odyssey started, Cyborg was still in the league for the first arc. Yeah, now he has one. So it's interesting. But then, yeah, we get a splash page of a lot of characters, a lot of heroes on here. Including some that we haven't seen in a while, like uh, Vixen and Simon Baz. Haven't seen those yeah. two in some time. So, so basically, it's the entire Titans, uh, like new Titans roster. You have the entire Justice League Dark, and you have the Teen Titans, the, the, the Terrifics. Yeah, and then you have some like miscellaneous heroes here and there. So, really cool stuff. Catwoman's even there, which I found kind of surprising. Yeah, Shazam's there too. Crypto, Supergirl, and we get their updated suits too. Like Supergirl and Catwoman are wearing their current suits, which just changed fairly recently. Uh, yeah. Captain Adam, probably still scarred from Luther blowing up. I uh, kind of see his facial <laughs> expression <stroke> there. <laughs> Firestorm. Oh, you're in for a treat a year from now. Firestorm's going to have some fun <laughs> a year from now in Russia. Doomsick look. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, yeah, it's a beautiful page, and it is my computer wallpaper after this recording, probably. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, Francis Monopole art is always great, and to see him draw all these heroes at once is really awesome. And I remember you talking about fairly recently that you wanted like a bigger Justice League. So I do, there yeah, you have it, a bigger Justice League. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll happen. I want it. Uh, but then, then we see some a few pages of some of the threats, including the Batman who laughs, the Legion of Doom, and Perpetua. we see Perpetua looking Perpetua looking over Lex, who's in like a green liquid and i guess recovering from his explosion so uh not necessarily yeah, actually they i was kind of confused by what this was but they actually explain it a few pages near the end uh they say uh see the martian hybrid lex luther in justice league number 27 on sale july 3rd oh yep he's turning into a martian something. which is odd but you know okay yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of that page, uh, just going over it real quick. Uh, it's just the 4th of July. Every single comic coming out in July, Luther will be involved in. It says the descriptions yeah. for all the ones coming in July. Even like Flash, he's going to be involved. Nightwing, Luther's involved. And it's still Rick Grayson. Like, it's pretty impressive that they were able to schedule all this. Get all those writers to like, yeah. okay, make sure Lex Luther's involved. So Justice League is really... The main DC book. Yeah, something I always get on DC about is uh, not connecting. Like, I feel like something with like Doomsday Clock, it's like, yeah, it takes place a year from now. When is that going to happen? So I always get on them from like, oh, nothing's ever going to connect. This is, looks like it's going to be a nice connect. So cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, besides that, yeah, you're the villain. It's happening. Uh, this is also officially announces, I guess. Uh, Batman slash Superman, which is beginning August by Joshua Williamson. It's going to be about the Batman and laughs, which blah, blah, blah. Also, there's and that six page. heroes turning yeah. evil, which I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, so six heroes are apparently turning evil. And are these pictures on that page the heroes that have potential? Yep. It's okay, like so, how Heroes in Crisis did that, which I thought was one of their worst marketing tactics. And now they're doing it again. They've yeah, nothing. But even Heroes in Crisis, they put characters that weren't even in the series. <laughs> Yeah, they put Kyle Rayner and Robin. Uh, and this Drake. one has Kyle Rayner and Robin. Yeah, yep. so we got uh, we got Beast Boy, Constantine, Supergirl, Green Arrow, Rick Grayson, Perry White, Booster Gold, Robin, Donna Troy, Miss Martian, 
uh, Jimmy Olsen, Plastic Man, Batgirl, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Shazam, Hawkman, Catwoman, Kyle Rayner, uh, Jim Gordon, Jonathan Kent, Alfred Pennyworth, and some guy that I don't recognize. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> some picture of some guy. Who do you think will have potential to be evil here? Kyle Rayner, Donna Troy, really? uh, Rick Grayson. Um, Got to throw an oddball in there, so I'll go with Constantine, uh, John Kent, and maybe like Miss Martian since DC hates the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> I will go Beast Boy, Rick Grayson, uh, uh, I don't want to say Catwoman, Hawkman, Donna Troy, and they say Constantine. I'll say Constantine. Maybe Supergirl. I'll say Supergirl. Okay. But granted, they're going to be good in like six months. <laughs> so, yeah. Are you going to be reading Batman Superman by Williamson? I don't know. Are you? I think so. Just because, like, not not even that you know he's he's not my favorite writer by any standards, but I do love a good Batman Superman team up. And if this is going to be so central to the DC universe, I think I have to read it. Oh yeah, for <laughs> the title. <laughs> for a hero story. Yeah. Okay. For I'll a hero story. I'll probably pick it up. I'll read the first three, and if we'll, I like we'll, it, then I'll continue. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. We still got time, but yeah. So, uh, Heroes Turning Evil, because that worked so well with Heroes in Crisis. Ha ha, ha ha. Yep, we love you, Tom <laughs> King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, what do you think of the Year of the Villain setup, and what do you think of the big events coming to DC between Year of the Villain and Leviathan? Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I like how Scott Snyder is kind of the helm of all this. I know a lot of people don't like Scott Snyder, because... I feel like most people don't like him for two reasons. He's not good at ending things, and he's obsessed with Batman. I feel like Justice League has kind of took it, you know, taken away his obsession with Batman. I feel like he's handled every single superhero quite well, really, and he's not really focused mm-hmm. on Bruce either. Um, as far as anything goes, though, yeah, he really is bad at ending things, like really <laughs> bad. He's just like, oh, and there's the end of DC Metal. Psych, Batman Last is returning. And there's the end of his Arc of Justice League. Psych, he's getting miniseries. And then, then it's, then it's going to end. Psych, he's going to be in Superman slash Batman. <laughs> like, uh, uh, oh, God. And his miniseries got extended by an issue. Oh, God. Yeah, here we go. Here we go again. Oh, well. Yeah, oh, you're yeah, the villain. Here we go again. <laughs> Do you want to review one comic this week? Yeah, what, what, do, you, what do you want to choose? I don't know. Should we flip a coin on it or something? Uh, really quick, we'll go over <laughs> oh. like all of them like really quick on one in death, maybe. Batman. Batman wakes up from yeah. his dream and he says he's tired and goes home to go to sleep. Damn it, King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't like this issue? No. <laughs> really? I actually enjoyed this issue. I, I like that it was a lot of callbacks to I Am Bane. So I think that's why I dug it. That's one okay. of my favorite Batman arcs of Rebirth. That's fair. But I wasn't yeah. the biggest fan. Super Sons that I didn't read yet. Okay. Uh, Young Justice I thought was awesome. Justice League I thought was awesome. Green Lantern I thought was good. Which one do you want to review? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we could just like quickly talk about Young Justice. It's pretty much a love letter to Tim and Steph fans. Uh, mm-hmm. You got a lot of great Tim and Steph moments. And I really love the moment in the end where they say, I love you. Uh, and then even Tim gets some of his pre-52 memories back. And that's why he remembers the Young Justice. And they do a beautiful two-page thing of... Doc Shaner, who's one of the best DC artists, in my opinion, uh, doing the old Young Justice team, including people like Arrowette and The Secret, which I thought was amazing as a big fan of the Young Justice run from 98. So, awesome stuff. 
Yeah. Plus, uh, it explains that why people remember each other. Thank you, Bendis. I'm so, so sorry for hating you these past four issues. <laughs> like, it doesn't make uh, sense why they all remember each other because they didn't remember each other before, but they actually explain why. And he, he, did, he did promise he would explain everything, so he's got to I wasn't to sure it. if he's he would explain that, that. Yeah. But they did. They did. They just explained um, why. And it's just straight up doomsday clock. Dr. Manhattan, erase your memories. That's it. Done. Um, so I guess we'll go over Green Lantern at least a little bit. I mean, Green Lantern is kind of trippy, but at the same time, deep, uh, like most of Grant Morrison's work, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, and I say this with every Green Lantern issue, and I will continue to say this with every Green Lantern issue, Liam Sharp is becoming one of my favorite artists. He's doing such great work with this book. And I mean, this issue is just part of that. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it is really good. Uh, even the colorists in this book is really good at drawing like the different shades of green. I know it's Green Lantern, so you need a lot of shades of green, but it's really good. And it kind of has a classic style. Uh, the, yeah. Art is, oh, the colorist is also Liam Sharp. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. He does the colors and the art. It's like a deadline, and he does the art and the and the like the pencils and the colors. I don't know how he does like monthly. Like he's good. He should be doing Doomsday Clock. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's <a> deadline. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do as much de- detail as Gary Frank, but yeah, <laughs> very true. Uh, so this one has like the words in the background, and it's almost like a poem in a way. Uh, it's really it cool is, stuff. Yeah. So there's uh, like the whole time you see this lady, and she's going around, and then you see uh, Hal show up, and. Hal is kind of out of it because of everything that's been happening lately. Uh, but he's wearing like a hood, which is actually kind of a badass look. And I think with the art, it works really well. Um, the Green Lady, right off the bat, reminded me of... I don't know if you've ever seen Green Lantern in the animated series, but uh, the character yeah. Aya. Oh, yeah. yeah kind was of. awesome. Which, yeah. I, like, I love Green Lantern in the animated series. But uh, this, this character and Hal have to work together to get to like a, a central core battery on on this place and Hal figures out that uh they're inside his power ring and it's running out of charge and it's dying uh the world is dying around them because his ring is dying and they're nowhere near a lantern and they do like a really cool like a just the lantern ring like floating in space and it's like really badass like no one can find them yeah and uh <laughs> yeah just, just amazing stuff here um so Hal decides that he needs to work with this green lady and uh, he finds out that she's the AI, which I was like, wow, that's why she reminds me so much of Aya from Green Lantern in the Animated Series. She is an AI. Awesome stuff. <laughs> and um, he needs her to help him, uh, you know, power this ring, or yeah, power the planet, basically, which is really cool stuff. And uh, he almost, he's inspiring in a way uh, in this issue. And the, the ring is fading, and it goes from, like, 0.5% to 0.3%. Like, it's it's really going out, but uh, when there's nothing left to give, they go the extra mile. And uh, you just see, like, green light up all around the planet. And uh, as the ring depletes and Hal Jordan kind of fades, uh, th- this is where it gets a little, very trippy. Uh, but they're almost like doing surgery on the ring it looks like in a way and uh it's like an emergency protocol and Basically. Hal Jordan is still Hal Jordan is still in there and he all he wants is a lantern and um they, they go over like like I, I almost want to read this away because it's like really deep um so it, it starts with um so it says uh that Hal was left alone in the dark and he ran and you're all alone there was no plan 
where finally the last of the ministers, swollen with the meat and marrow of its cannibalized breathing, will turn and see here. Pen, Pen, Pengauer thinks and smiles and puts her trust, as always, in her symbiote. Since doomed magnificent Abensar died, Hal Jordan of Earth, and in the cold and dark, you hear those awful murmurs dragging near. They speak in voices chill and bleak. Your time has come. You're not unique. Attend the dying of the rhyme. No verse exists to countermine. And so it comes, your hour, your. Then, as an answer, uh, as if an answer comes in a louder voice, a stronger voice, and clearer, a voice that speaks these words In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's white might beware my power. And then the last page is, is how, like, almost like kissing the ring in a way, Green Lantern's light. And I don't know, I just like, I really dug that ending. That was awesome. And especially the way that the last part is said, like, he is yelling the oath. And it shows, like, yeah. the speech, like, the words are coming out of the speech bubble and bolded green saying, beware my power! And then the last one he just says yeah. silently, Green Lantern's light. It kind of reminds me of Captain America saying, like, Avengers! Assemble. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's nice. You have so much, like, hype going on and then just silence. It's it's kind of like a an obsession, in a way. How on his ring. He's like... That's his one true love is this ring. And that's not really healthy, yeah. but that's how Jordan, like, the love of his life is being a Green Lantern. You know? Yeah. The love yeah, of his life was I supposed like to be that. Star Sapphire. After Hell and Pell ended, I guess we're not <laughs> doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Green Lantern. I mean, we could go over Justice League really quick, I guess. Yeah, if you want to just go over it real quick. Yeah, super just quick. A quick sum up. Uh, I mean, they're in the future right now, and uh, they're on Apocalypse in the future, and Apocalypse is basically a prison for every single person who's done anything bad in the world. Justice League is put there, because reasons. <laughs> and uh, they have these uh, cuffs on behind their back that takes away their powers, and it gives some kind of cool moments here. Eventually, they escape due to uh, Sean, which is Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl's son from the future. He gets them to escape, but when they escape, every single prisoner escapes, and they all have to just book it and run out of there, and there's a really funny scene of them all running, and Flash is the slowest, saying, guys, wait up, since he doesn't have his powers. I thought that was kind of funny. And it's beautiful art yeah, by George Jims, too. Eventually, they get saved by the Legion of Doom of the future, which isn't the normal one. You still have Cheetah, Grodd, and a terrible design for Sinestro, but... <laughs> You also get uh, Darkseid, who is blind. He has his eyes cut out of him. Uh, no Lex Luthor, no Brainiac. And since this is a possible future, and since uh, Scott Snyder said just last week, I believe, that Darkseid will play a big role in the future of Justice League and because of Justice League Odyssey, I feel like we're about to get like Darkseid on the Legion of Doom, but not as leader. So that'd be cool. Uh, besides Very that, interesting. yeah, good issue. There's a lot of there's a lot of villains in this, like but older. There's a Two Face with long hair, for example. But it it's a cool issue. I liked it. Also, we get. Uh, I think this is the first time in a week that we got like three imps in one book. Because there was an imp in a uh, the Green Lantern that was kind of like a yeah. virus in Hell's Ring. Mixie Pitaladic, which is Superman's imp, is in this fighting Batman's imp, Batmite. So. Imps are kind of like weird characters, so we got a few they of them are. here. But yeah, uh, oh yeah, and for Superman's story, he's just trying to get, he's dreaming of a, a young John Kent before he got aged up by Bendis, which was nice to see, especially drawn by George James, who's the original Super Sons uh, artist, and he was one of the designed young John Kent. 
we see a little moment of him mm. learning to like be more human and we see superman say up up and away as he flies off and angrily but then batman has to make him not fly anymore for reasons that we don't really understand yet <laughs> well, yeah yeah good good issue i uh, really liked it i love scott snyder's just r- real real quick what was your pick of the week and what was your cover of the week oh yeah um my pick of the week was honestly justice league i thought it was really good or okay. never mind young justice young justice my cover of the week will probably be justice league it shows the heroes trapped in the cell it looks cool uh you see uh diana and barry both banging on the glass i think it looks nice what about you my pick of the week is Green Lantern number seven. This is my favorite issue of Green Lantern so far, and I'm so glad I liked an issue because I haven't been liking Green Lantern up to this. So good change of pace, even though it's like it's deep, trippy, but I like it. And my cover of the week is actually going to be Young Justice, but not the main, the variant, uh, which I bought the variant. It's Zatanna holding Tim and Steph. It's a really nice cover, and I totally dig it. Cool. Yeah. And that's the show. I yeah, think, that's yeah, the episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, for uh, No. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, I almost forgot that part. If you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. We do read them. And actually, somebody just left a review, which I posted on my Instagram story. So thank you for leaving the kind words. Uh, for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Goodbye. Ah!